You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with two great friends. Now, Meg Erber and Annie Schmidt are awesome, and they have teamed up to create, I think, one of the coolest kind of partnerships for good, and this is called the NAMI Sleep In for Good. Now, who doesn't like to sleep in? I got a three and a one-year-old. I don't even get the opportunity to sleep in anymore. Just the thought of sleeping in gets me excited. Now, we'd all love to sleep in every once in a while. It's a great way to rest up. You know, when your mind or body is exhausted, it's something we don't get to do enough. As I just said, ask any parent of young kids. Now, adequate sleep is also important for mental health. And that's really what we want to get at here. How many of us get grouchy, short-tempered when we don't get enough sleep? Pretty much all of us. Now, sleep really goes beyond just that daily temperament when it comes to your mental health. Now, let's take that and then throw in a fundraiser to benefit the National Association of Mental Illness, or NAMI. Now, at the same time, this is something where an idea was born to create a really cool fundraiser together to support Mental illness, which is something specifically going through COVID, is really, really important. Now, this is where the Sleeping for Good woke up and they joined the party. Now, Meg Erber from Promo Cares and Annie Schmidt from NAMI of Wake County, they are here on the podcast to talk about mental health, which is super, super important. And they're also going to talk about how we can sleep in on purpose to benefit this amazing organization. Thank you, Meg and Annie, so much for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you guys for having us. We're super excited. And um, man, I, we just met Annie pretty recently when this all started and we have become so close. We love her to death. She's amazing. She's like our little promo cares mascot, Annie from NAMI, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> I love Literally, it. None, none of this would even be possible without her because she has been able to give us so much feedback um, and help us kind of gear the fundraiser. So l- let me rewind and start from the beginning. This all actually started when I had Roger Burnett, who is one of the co-founders of Promo Cares on our my podcast, which you were also a, um, a guest on. And he was just talking about Promo Cares and I was so inspired. And I was like hinting, I'm like, hey, I might know somebody that wants to be on that board, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, it took him a minute, but uh, he, uh, a couple of weeks later, he reached out and he was like, I was re- re-watching that podcast, Meg, and I was like, you were screaming it from the rooftops. And I was like, Psh. so um, fast forward, I'm on the board now and I'm so excited to just hit the ground running. And I'm like, listen, guys, I get it. I get the promo cares thing, but not a lot of people have really jumped on board yet. They don't understand what promo cares is about. We have all these pillars, you know, sustainability, CSR, give back components, but we're really not advocating for ourselves in this way and you know how about we do a fundraiser how about we have this big event that kind of circles everything back to us and it started off as this brainstorming session and I was like you know let's go run and carry things and raise money and (laughs) and my good friend Mandy who um, is just phenomenal at fundraising and calls marketing and all this stuff she was like well I would donate, but I don't know if I would necessarily run, but you know, I would sleep. (laughs) Everybody likes to sleep. And so we then turned it into this whole fundraiser around sleeping in to promote mental health and, and, and how that, you know, direct correlation. And then we 
um, Danny Rosen, who's also one of the, the co-founders, said, you know what? I have a contact over at um, Nami Wake, and her name is Annie. And we immediately reached out to her to get this started. And it's just been, um, there's a saying what you're supposed to uh, crawl, walk, run. And I think we started off sprinting, but it forced us to kind of slow down and take it piece by piece. We've had an extremely long runway. And um, and then we just, you know, when we reached out to Annie, we thought it was perfect. You know, we chose a local chapter um, in Raleigh. We knew that our goal was to hit $10,000. And for the National Alliance, that might be just a drop in the bucket, you know, lemonade sand money. But for um, a local chapter, we felt that that would just go so much further. So. Well, yeah. Andy, tell me a little bit about uh, about about NAMI in, in Raleigh. Now, you know, I want to learn about not only the organization, but we've had a lot of people on here that have talked about the importance of mental health. And, and I think really COVID in the 18 to 24 months of people being isolated, not only made that a conversation that was happening more, it made that a conversation that people had to have, right? Like you need to be checking in on your friends. You need to be checking in on your family. Even if it's as simple as texting and saying, Hey, are you okay? How are you doing? The simplest things were the most important things when we went through this time. And it's kind of interesting that, you know, something as bad as COVID could have now elevated something as dangerous and as scary as mental illness to the forefront of where it needed to be in the very beginning. And I'd love to understand what you do for the organization and how you support this really, really, really important cause. Absolutely. Um, So the National Alliance on Mental Illness has three different levels. It has a national level that works to, you know, do research to make sure that all of our programs are evidence-based. They advocate at a national level one of the biggest things they've been advocating for recently is the 988 suicide prevention number. Um, But so they focus on that, you know, what can we do on a large scale? There are also state offices. So there is the NAMI North Carolina and they work to support affiliates and advocate on a statewide level. Uh, But the local groups, we are the ones on the ground doing the program. And so our mission across all three levels is to educate, support, and advocate for individuals, families, and communities living with mental health challenges. And so what that looks like is support groups. It looks like education courses, um, especially for family members to understand how does this work? Like my loved one is struggling and I don't know what to do. I don't know where to take them. I don't know how to help. You can't force an adult to actually get any type of health care or seek treatment. So what can I do to help them in their recovery? We have uh, NAMI started with that group of parents who were just trying to better understand their loved one's illness about 40 years ago. And a group started in California, another group started in Wisconsin, and then they realized we need to have this larger presence if we actually want to make a difference. Um, And so it was through their first convention that they started to advocate for funding for the Division of Mental Health, which had a very small budget to at least start to do research because for a lot of mental health challenges and mental illnesses, the only way to diagnose is through like a self-disclosed Likert scale. So it's like, how often do I feel this way? Sometimes, all the time, and it's just seven questions asking that, and then you have a diagnosis. Whereas if you had a problem with your heart, you have blood tests, everything else. And so there's still a lot we need to know. And that's a lot on the advocacy side and making sure that there is access to care. Um, I know I'm going all over with the answer to this question. <laughs> um, so we that grassroots lived experience is the heart of everything that we do. So we do have some people who are pr- medical providers. We have psychiatrists um, who are connected to us, therapists. But the perspective that we take is that lived experience. 
So that's somebody living with a mental health condition or somebody who has a direct relative of someone living with a mental health condition. And sometimes they work together. So sometimes we do have therapists who live with mental health conditions or psychiatrists who are taking care of their adult child with schizophrenia. Um, but when they're in the role in our programs, they are there as a person who is experiencing this every single day. And so that is what makes us different um, from other groups and the perspective we take in our advocacy and in our programs, because it's sometimes it's hard to talk to professionals and say like, yes, this is what I'm feeling. No, I did not do everything you wanted me to do. Like, yes, I did have a glass of wine last night. Yes, I am still eating chocolate every single day. And a professional will be like, oh, well, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. But if you're talking to your peers, like, oh man, I do the same thing. Like, what can we do to get better? And so you just have that side of like, I've been there before. Um, and so you're not alone in that process. And so NAMI Wake, we started over 30 years ago. We were entirely operated by volunteers for the first 30 years. I came on board in May 2018 as their first executive director. And so we have the education courses, the support groups. We've been able, we've been doing a lot more presentations lately on workplace mental health and self-care programming because not everyone wants to admit that they might have a mental illness, but self-care is trendy. And so it's like, oh, well, I'll learn a yoga class. They're like, this mindfulness thing seems pretty fun and interesting. Um, and so we started to grow to adapt to the needs of the pandemic, that the need was really great before in the past 20 months has been awful. And I don't even think that we've seen the psychological effects of this pandemic. This is going to take a long time, long after uh, things go back to normal or however we want to describe normal. Um, because we see people experiencing this for the first time, that there's isolation. Um, over this past year, we had a lot of calls from people who weren't participating, people who were regulars in our support groups who weren't participating because they didn't want other people in the house to hear their problems. They didn't want whoever they were living with to hear, yes, this person who I am living with is causing me an enormous amount of stress. Or like, I am really struggling. And it could be a family member. It could be just another roommate. Um, so people weren't getting the care that they should have been getting early on as they were struggling and isolated. And it's led to a lot more hospitalizations at a time when hospital beds are already being taken up by this physical pandemic. And especially we see that in our youth and our kids and how long they are staying. Because in North Carolina, we rank 42 out of 50 states uh, for children's behavioral health care. 64 out of 100 counties don't even have a child psychologist. Um, but in Durham County, there are 300. So you have this like luck of the draw. Um, the good out, out of the pandemic is that you have this telehealth and telepsych that has come up to allow more barriers and more people have seen um, the need for broadband and internet and accessible devices that having um, access to these resources is really access to health uh, moving forward. And so what we've been doing is finding unique ways to meet people where they are over this past year. Uh, we opened up uh, these virtual safe spaces. So if you just needed to get away and need private secure Wi-Fi for wholesome internet good. So if that was joining a support group uh, class or, you know, calling your parents, playing a game, I don't care what you ever use for the internet, <laughs> as long as it's not something completely illegal. Um, you know, what are these places that we can just help bring more joy in the world? And as I said, increase self-care programming, 
We've offered more courses and more presentations this year than we ever have. Um, and I can see that need continuing to grow. So the statistics are one in five people live with a mental health condition or will at some point in their lives. I think that number is pretty um, generous, conservative. conservative? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's like one in everybody. <laughs> exactly. Um, because there's stigma and there's people who don't even realize that what they're experiencing isn't normal or isn't healthy. And I can say that for myself. When I look back at things that I was experiencing when I was a child, that's all I knew. And so I didn't know that it was, you know, generalized anxiety disorder, whatever type of, you know, depression when I was 12. I didn't realize that until I was older and started learning more about it. Like, oh, so not everybody did this. Not everybody had a go bag by their door. Not everybody, you know, like all these other things that were happening. Um, and I know that in North Carolina, they said that it went from one in nine adults experiencing depression or anxiety to one in three just over the course of one year. And I'm sure that that number is bigger. It all depends on what people are looking to say because everyone's been feeling awful this past year. Um, I'm sorry. I went really long-winded no. on that answer. Uh, for, <laughs> most are just exhausted, especially if exactly. you're in the branded merchandise world. <laughs> it, we are I, I have been working seven days a week, 70 plus hours a day or a week, and I cannot get ahead of it. We're, we're working five times as hard for the same you know, project that should be one times as hard. Our business is hard already. We're in the customization world. Um, and I feel you. I've used the word anxiety more in the past two months than I've ever used it in my life. I'm, I'm feeling it. it. It's wearing me out. I just want to get through this fourth quarter. You yeah. know? <laughs> um, so I, I hear you. And, and I've never... I've never really used that word. I'm not even real sure what it means, but I know that I'm feeling something. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's only yeah. been propelled since the <laughs> pandemic and everything that has been going on. I was just talking to a colleague, Johanna, the other day, you know, um, yep. right? And she's saying we having our best day, month, our biggest goal ever, and we can't even celebrate. Because uh, we are right. so burned out and exhausted. <laughs> And that kind of brings us back to and tying it in with why we're doing this. You know, last March when this pandemic hit, there was a couple of different people that emerged from this. There was the kind of people that just sat around and waited for this to get better. And they're probably still waiting around to get it, for it to get better. There was the people who did what they could. And then there was people who went out and really tried to make a difference, you know. And that's what the Promo Cares Board is doing. We want to really give back to the hardworking individuals of our industry that we know are working 70 to 90 hours a week. And give them the gift of time because that's the one thing that we don't have there's not enough hours in the day so yeah. even if it's as little as nine minutes that's a snooze button that we are not hitting every day because we are just we know we're exhausted but we have so much work to do and at this point you paid the nine dollars to sleep in and that brings us to the <laughs> donation levels which i think is really unique because we didn't want to just say you know, $100 is going to get you a t-shirt and thanks. See you later. You know, um, we wanted to make it affordable for everybody. So we had six different donation levels. We reached, actually, we only had five to start with. And we reached out to Annie and we're like, hey, we really want to make this tangible because when, you know, you look at those Sarah McLaughlin videos and it's like $46 will feed nine dogs for a week. I'm making that up. I don't know what it is. So don't quote me on that, <laughs> but it really makes you think, okay, well I can give that $46 and I know what it's going to. So um, this was Mandy Red's idea. Actually, she's, she's like the M&M it's team M&M, by the way. I love her. <laughs> um, actually it should be team ma'am, uh, Mandy, Megan or Mandy, Annie, 
ma'am, Meg. Anyway, so um, we reached out to Annie and we um, sent her these things and she was like, this is perfect. And she sent us back six different donation levels and what those correlated to. So the first one we chose was $9 because, you know, you hit that snooze button for nine minutes. Now, $9 actually pays for three calls to the NAMI helpline. That's amazing. Three calls, um, which covers resources, referrals, and an empathetic listening ear. Um, and we chose these odd numbers because something goes to saying like, it's just an odd number is easier to donate versus $16 versus $20 or 28 versus 30. So we knew we would get these smaller numbers in and it would be easier to, for people to kind of correlate it. Um, so $16 shows um, one of the NAMI volunteers that they hope to bring to the community that they're valued and appreciated. Uh, $28 helps to educate one person to better understand their loved one's illness or their own. Um, then the next donation level we have is $46 for 46 minutes. That'll help you, you know, you can sleep in for 46 minutes, which helps three people learn better coping skills through one of their self-care programs. $77 for 77 minutes covers the cost of one support group to meet. So if you donate $77, you are paying for a group of people to be able to get together and receive mental health care, which is just amazing. And you can have that support of your peers. And the last but not the least, obviously, $99 for 99 minutes, which funds an ending the silence presentation intended to educate middle and high school aged youth about how to prevent suicide. Now, that's great, right? But we're all in promo. So how does this tie into promotional products? So this has like three different levels of, of moving parts here. The first and most important, obviously, we're going to raise money for NAMI, you know, who is providing advocacy, advocacy and education right on the front line. They are doing all the hard work. Um, the second one is we wanted to give back to the hardworking people of our industry. Obviously, I just touched on that. And the third part is that we're in promo. We are we are sales. We are educators. We are providing a um, a an amazing case study for cause marketing for using promo in fundraising. So maybe what your listeners do not know yet is that what we did as a um, as a board is we chose around 50 people in our industry. Um, it wasn't popularity contest. It was people that did good in their own communities or had a, um, a, a voice on social media or even, you know, it, it just volunteers in our industry that we knew that people would listen to. So we designed these merch kits. We reached out to um, our suppliers in our industry that kind of all fed into our pillars with some type of give back or CSR initiative. And they supplied us with um, 100 to 150 pieces of product that would go into these kits. And then we sent them out to all of our um, our champions, uh, AKA influencers. Uh, Brian was one of them. And then we sent out an entire social media calendar. So for seven weeks, we had a product or two per week that we asked those influencers slash champions to promote and how they made you feel. And the responses were overwhelming. And I mean, you couldn't hide from this campaign for about two months. It was everywhere you turned, you were seeing some TikTok dance, um, <laughs> journal writing, awesome. you saw something. It was fun, it was engaging, and it got people talking. And that's what we wanted. Mandy and I had so many conversations with people from this industry just telling us their story. And if this did anything, that was one thing that we weren't expecting is people to have a voice that didn't have one before. It made them feel like they could actually tell their story and not be judged. And I have cried many tears and they were happy tears. They were sad tears. They were just, wow. And I, I got a text message the other day and um, they were saying, and I forwarded it to my board and they were like that, that's what it was. And they said, Hey, 
I had a family member doing this and something like that. And because of you, I was able to connect them with NAMI. And uh, I forget what the other point of it was, but it was, it was just so touching. I had to share it. And it's like, we're getting these text messages and these emails and these phone calls all the time. And that's what we're doing. We are reducing the stigma that follows mental health and mental illness, because not everyone that has a mental illness is locked up in a straitjacket. And I think that's what comes along with that term, anxiety, depression, mood disorders, it all comes to the territory. And after a year and a half, almost two years of being in this relentless pandemic, we are all feeling something. So that was our point to bring us all together. One big group hug, you know, raise money, feel good. And we've made some uh, like lasting long relationships uh, in the process. That's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Go ahead. I was just going to say like the stories that everyone's been sharing with their different promo items that's going on or just sharing what's going on in their own life. Like that helps open the conversation as Meg mentioned, like this helps eliminate the stigma. Um, I heard a quote once and I'm going to, I have no idea where I heard it from. I repeat it all the time. I really should look it up, but it was tell your story says someone can continue theirs. And we have all been in rough places. I know (laughs) it's like, we have all been in rough places and we have something we can share with other people and just being real about it and how tough this year has been and acknowledging the suck of it all. Like this has been miserable on so many different levels. And um, what does that mean? And just sharing that form of compassion is what I think is going to help get us through this, that this is something we all have a common ground with um, and a way that we can move forward and support each other. I absolutely agree with that. And I appreciate you guys, you know, bringing this to light and really, you know, creating a unique way through the promo world to not only educate people, but bring awareness. I want to ask Meg um, this. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So Meg, you are a Navy veteran and, you know, there's been a lot of discussion really over the last 20 years, but I would say in the last year to, to two years about mental health of veterans, the suicide rate is something that is just astronomical. Uh, it's something that, you know, I, I was not in the military, but it's something that affected me when I was 21 years old. My best friend who I went to elementary school, middle school, high school, went to the military and I was at school playing soccer. And then I get a phone call that he had just gotten uh, discharged, got home and, and he killed himself. Right. And and it was something where when, when you're that young, I it was mental illness when you were when I'm 36 now, 15 years ago, it was like toughen the F up, you know, like. What, we're not we're not going to especially for men i mean it was just like that's just kind of the way it is but that's not the way it is right and that's not the way it needs to be and you know veterans are just one part of the population that are very important obviously to our country and i love them and respect them and and i appreciate everything they do so we can have this great country but it needs to be something that is communicated because when someone like that that's close enough to you does commit suicide it it affects everybody around you, right? Because then it affects your mental illness because then you challenge yourself on a daily basis. What could I have done? Should I have called them? I could have done this. I could have done that. So my challenge to everybody now, not only donate to NAMI, but you need to think about not only your friends, but the people in your circle and reach out to them because you don't want that feeling. And if you've never had a friend or a family member that have done that, I don't want you to experience that either. And, and, and I try and I, I, everybody needs to do better. Let's be honest. Right. But after you listen to this podcast, or if you're listening to it right now, pick up your phone, text somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, 
just check in on them. And I promise you, you could save their life. And if, if you don't save your life, you could point their life in the right direction. Like you just said, tell your story so somebody can continue theirs. And I absolutely love that quote. Brian, you hit the nail on the head. Um, actually, I, I can't remember what week it was. It might have been the third or fourth week in, in, in our social media campaign. And one of the products was this beautiful journal. Um, I don't know if this is going to be recorded, but I'll show it to you. Um, full color process by Danique. They have a whole give back component um, to children. It's amazing. I, I highly recommend following that story. But I initially, my initial thought was, I'm going to make this funny. Like, uh, whatever dad jokes or whatever and then the news of afghanistan broke and i never experienced ptsd in the 20 years i've been out of the military but when that happened i had a full-blown anxiety slash panic attack don't even know where it really came from because i wasn't in combat per se i was on a navy boat I definitely saw some things. I had to fly 27 hours to Bahrain and fly in undercover. And I had to leave my four month old daughter to do that. Mm. I had to leave her for six months. Um, so when that happened, it all for a moment felt like it, everything that I did and everything that all of my friends have done and all the lives that we've lost, the friends that I have lost to suicide or, you know, or of the war itself, it all felt like it wasn't, it was in vain. And I'm telling you, I kept saying, this isn't good. This isn't good. This was on Sunday, the first Sunday when it broke. And I was a mess. I was such a mess. And for three days, my hands wouldn't stop shaking. I couldn't stop crying. I'm like, oh, I can't shake this. And I just started reaching out to every veteran I knew. And they were like, no, thank you. And it really just went for them to hear that I wasn't okay. But then it was like, okay, well, if she's not okay. Then it's okay for me to not be okay. And it was just a conversation that we had. I didn't even know that I wasn't going to be okay. It just came up because we had put so much into it. You know, all the sacrifices the veterans and current military members have made and had to make and the, the families, the sacrifice, just so much. It really felt like it was all in vain, you know? Some people say, well, I don't understand why we were even over there still. And it's like, we didn't have any more 9-11s because we were over there. So that's right. You take amen. that. 100%. Yeah. Amen. So thank you. So all of our veterans, all of our current military members, thank you so much for your sacrifices. And, and, uh, my, my phone is always open. My door is always open. Um, yeah, from one veteran to another. So please reach out. So yeah, it, it actually, this all tied in perfectly. It gave me the opportunity to express my feelings. I did a whole journal entry and I, it took me hours because I was crying through it. And, you know, so, so yeah. And it was just, this allowed me to have that release. It allowed me to have that voice. And I, it was perfect timing, perfect timing. Thank you so much for your service. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I have a question for, for you, Annie. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like, and we're going to do this from a social media campaign, we're on a digital platform to create a podcast, but if we look at the world from the internet, we look at the world from social media specifically, I feel that it absolutely has played a role in not only supporting good, but ultimately really doing bad at the same time, creating unnecessary anxiety, creating mood swings, creating a platform that really amplifies what mental illness is and what it can do to people. Um, a lot of times I wish I could literally just throw my phone in the lake and never get on social media again. Now I ultimately 
believe in the betterment of social media and I try to support people and tell their story. And it's why we brought this podcast to light, right? Like this is why I try to use the platform, but there's a lot of people that use it in a negative light. And I feel like that's really done really bad for people's mental illness. What I'm getting at here is, is what is your advice? So I have young kids, um, to be quite frank, I'm terrified to, to know what their life's going to be like in 10, 15 years. Um, and I live in the United States of America. You know, I grew up in the nineties. My life was perfect. If I look back on it, I had no worries at all. It was fantastic. Scott always says this. My parents never gave me everything I wanted, but they surely gave me everything I needed. And, and that's what our country can do. But I guess what is your best advice for not only parents to be able to speak with their kids, but then ultimately how, how can we as a community, um, as a country, Emmett Smith said this yesterday, we're not a country, we're a team, right? How can we as a team in a country really wrap our arms around each other and, and just try to fix this? Tough question. Hey, no, no big deal. Just gonna throw that out there. Let's flesh this out real quick. Yeah, sorry for the real deep conversation and question there, but yeah, uh, it's a mess. Yeah. First, let's get our mental health right and then move forward. I, know. I was like, they're having all these conversations on a national front right now. I was like, what's happening? There's research that shows like especially looking at Instagram and mental health of, you know, pre-teenage girls and what messages are being sent there. I think that social media is an incredibly powerful tool and it has worked negatively and it has worked positively. Um, I have this conversation with people all the time. It's like, is this net good, net bad? And like, for me, I lived all over the place. And so it's one way I can keep track of my family and what's happening. You know, I might not call my cousin Krista ever, but um, I can see that like, oh, her son played in this football game and he did really well with it. Like, that's awesome. And so you can just share these moments of joy. And I think that um, it's important to monitor it, that if you're doing something and it makes you feel bad to recognize that and acknowledge it. And it's hard to stay away from it. Sometimes just deleting it. Also just taking a break from the news um, that people limit your consumption. When you look at what you are consuming, it isn't just liquids and, you know, solids. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just like food and drink. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But also like, what are you putting into your system? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Um, And I think that there's opportunities to create and to share, but also to step up and speak up when you see things that are hurting people. And I think that social media allows us a chance to see a little bit on the inside that there's some people who will only put forth their good face of themselves. And that's not reality. Um, And they're not showing every time they cry. But sometimes you will see people put up messages uh, that are worrisome and you're able to see like, oh, this is something I need to check in on this person right away. Something is not good. Like this is not happening. Um, If all of a sudden, you know, they're doing a whole bunch of posts, there's significantly more selfies. There's pictures of, you can see like, Oh, this person changed their hair three times in one week. (laughs) You know, this person got a brand new tattoo and sold their house. Like you're able to see little signs of things through social media and what they're able, what they feel comfortable sharing out into the world where it will allow you a chance to reach out and 
do that on a private personal level. It doesn't have to be public, but it's something that has allowed you to share. I understand. I am so grateful that I grew up in the time that I did where I'm a little bit younger than you. So I was big on setting up my MySpace page and get learning HTML and putting all of my borders and oh, figuring yeah. it out. Like, Love it. I learned a skill with this. Like you're not learning any skills now. Like <laughs> they have all the filters for you. Um, and it's tough and it's everybody of all ages. Um, but I think it's important to have those conversations that we can't get rid of social media and we can try to say, no, I'm going to delete these apps from my phone. I'm only going to look at it five minutes a day. I'm only going to look at it at these times, but it does happen. And it does make us feel different ways. And so it's having those conversations about if this didn't make you feel good, why didn't it make you feel good? Let's talk about it. This isn't reality. Let's go back to reality right now. Um, let's go for a walk. Let's, draw let's color let's listen to some music let's have a conversation or just sit around and watch tv um but i think doom scrolling has been a huge thing over this past year and as you said it feeds off of each other and there'll be just so many things that will get you sad and upset and maybe there's things that'll bring you joy i know i always try to like follow different things there is a website where you can watch like puppy and kitten cam <laughs> and it literally brings me so much joy just to see these like tiny kittens all bundle up on each other. You mm -hmm. see their bellies like inflate and deflate as they're sleeping. I'm like, Oh man, this is what I needed right now. <laughs> well, even that like with the whistleblower with Facebook and you know, all of that really coming to light and being in front of Congress and our leaders in Washington is it's, it's, it's going to help the cause here. Right. Because folks are, I think waking up to the fact that it is not healthy <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, you know, um, and it's okay. It's scary. It's scary. Yeah. That's right. And it's okay to, to not, not feel well at the moment, but there are opportunities to get help like you're sitting here mm -hmm. describing. You know, I also think it's, it, it takes social media stuff is the tool that can support or that can, can really be a negative as well, but it's also the tool that can give you clues to who in your friend group needs help, Right. Um, I'm a very positive person and I'm not the most positive all the time. Like, believe me, I have negative thoughts all the time, but if I'm putting something on social media, I'm hoping to educate. I'm hoping to make you laugh. I'm hoping to make you smile. I'm never putting something out there that I want to get a negative reaction to. And that's just the way that I live my life. But I have a couple of friends that are completely opposite, right? And it's almost to the point where can we still be friends if everything you say is negative? You're looking for the bad and not the good. You're going to, to get into Facebook arguments with friends over politics and things that to me are just absolutely ridiculous. So I would challenge people now, like, why are you using social media, right? Is it to make you feel better about yourself? Well, figure that out. If it's to make yeah. people feel worse, don't do it. Like, there's so much crap out there. Like, if you challenge yourself to truly put something out there that will make somebody feel better. I put a picture of my son in a bubble bath, and this was my post yesterday. Children remind us that the simple things in life are all we need to be happy. Be like Graham in a bubble bath, and you will live an amazing life. I've had more likes on this post than probably anything I've, I've posted in three years, and the reason is that right there will now make people realize whatever the hell they're going through that day, you know what? It might just be that Starbucks coffee that you need. You know what I mean? It might, maybe you need a bubble bath. It's not that difficult. Um, and, and the world makes us think that we have to have everything and all these things. And, and we all just need to kind of just slow down, take care of each other. 
embrace where you are in love and be be damn proud of uh, of where you are as well. So that's my rant for the day. There you go. Or maybe, or maybe just for this episode. I absolutely love <laughs> the simple joys in life part of it because also people will post, oh, I'm on this vacation. I'm going to all these different things. I'm eating all this food. And then you realize what you don't have as you're looking at what other people do have. But it's also important to have those reminders of you don't need to spend all this money traveling. Just like enjoy things in your own space. Amen. Soak up you know, all the gratitude for what you have right now. Amen. It's a highlight reel, people. If they're putting it on Instagram, it is. believe me, the more that's all it is. It, it, it is not count, life. Count <laughs> it is blessings, not life. So with you guys creating this campaign, tell us um, right now, you obviously talked about how they can get involved. What's the best way to get in contact with you guys? How can they donate? You know, if we have business owners or we have people that are listening to this that are excited about that, give us the links. Uh, and we will obviously share all of this information as well when we do the post. But we'd love to, to hear from you guys on how we can uh, how we can support this. Definitely. Well, you can go right to our website, promocares.org slash sleep in for good, the number four. Um, and we made it really easy. There's a video there explaining about it. There's a donate now button. And then once you click that donate now button, it goes right to our, um, our platform, which gives you the options. And I want to take just a moment and really thank all of our generous merch supporters that have, have followed us, that have supported us through all of this blindly. Let me tell you blindly. Um, SNS Activewear, that's the company I work for. They provided the shirts and the pajama pants. Uh, Socko, uh, they provided those tie-dye socks right, right up there. <laughs> um, Danique had those amazing journals, Snugs USA we had. Uh, again, I don't know if you can see it. It's a Tumblr uh, logo, JoJo. Oh my gosh, this, she, Ellie Beth, they, amazing. Um, they had Foley coffee and everyone got just a whole packet of, of coffee beans, Aerial Premium, we had lavender scented masks, Gold Star, the pens, EMT had the sticker patches and chameleon-like. Um, what was really cool is that one of the pillars for uh, Promo Cares is sustainability. So we knew that when we were sending out these merch kits that there's a possibly going to be stuff that ends up in, in the landfill, right? And we didn't want that. So we sent these boxes that were fully, um, that were made out of recycled materials that came in a compostable bag and the ink itself, algae-based. So that was from Chameleon Like. They did an amazing job on those. Um, and last but not least, Casey's Screen Print. They did these and they're doing the donor shirts as well. So thank you to everybody. Oh, and Bella Canvas. Bella Canvas um, gave us the last set of t-shirts. So thank you guys. We would not be able to do that without them. Um, so good. And there's still time to donate. The event is actually going to take place on November 8th. We're going to have a happiest hour. More to come on that. We also give you a hall pass. We give you a... Um, an out of office reply. We give you so many tools. We give you statistics um, and stuff that you can use um, moving on. And then on the, we're going to have like a check pass off on November 8th. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. And there was one other thing I'm brain farting. Annie, do you have anything else to add on that? I just wanted to thank uh, again with Mag, everybody else, all of the supporters and sponsors for this because they don't know, as Meg said, like they followed him blindly, but it was all these little messages of, wow, all of these people care about mental health. Like all of these people want you to be better. And who doesn't love to sleep in? Like it's the easiest way to be kind to yourself and do something for yourself that makes you feel good for the rest of the day. So thank you to everyone who's been participating. We're at like $8,400 right now. or 80, Yeah, yeah 8400 out of the $10,000 goal. So we're getting really close. Uh, to reaching where we need to be. And that's where we need your help. And we've appreciated everybody so far. 
uh, donate, share your story. Tell us why this is important to you. Just to remind other people that they aren't alone in their journeys. Love it. Thank you guys so much. Also, thank you, Roger Burnett, Danny Rosen, two amazing people in our industry. I love how our industry has taken not only um, you know this pandemic, but in the last three, four, five years to really understand how we can use promotional products to benefit nonprofits. It's something that we are very passionate about at the Dunstan Group. It's something that we love working you know, with the nonprofit world and really figuring out creative ways to tell their story, to ultimately raise money for whatever they're passionate about. And that's where you guys have created something that's so cool. I think this will be uh, definitely something that will win a PPAI award. <laughs> and also, I think it's something that can be a great case study for all different distributors and people that are in our industry to get creative with what you're doing and come up with awesome ideas like that's what our industry does and so i'm just really proud of you meg i'm proud of you annie i'm proud of the board i'm proud of everybody you know over at promo cares and what you guys have been able to create with sleeping for good and i really hope that people that are listening to this will check it out uh will donate you know sixteen hundred dollars that's what we got left so let's do it let's get over ten thousand and uh and let's support people with mental illness thank you very much guys thank you all thank you so much That's awesome. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.